Welcome to the podcast series, Ignite Your Life with the Walk of Christ. In this series, Brother Mercurio and I will be examining the teachings and the walk of Christ in depth. So join us weekly on this exciting podcast series and learn the deeper meaning of what Christ came here to teach us. Welcome everyone. We are continuing our conversation about the walk of Christ. And today we are going to be covering that all famous passage, Matthew 7, 13, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many may enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only few find it. Wow, that's like so powerful. I actually had a conversation with my partner today and that got brought up. And that's why I was thinking this would be a really good conversation. We really got to talking about the path, taking that spiritual path that leads to what some people call the philosopher's stone, enlightenment. There's many different things that people, Christ consciousness, there's a lot of different things that people say, you know, that ultimate goal people are trying to get to. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really big spiritual concept in many ways, isn't it? It's, it, I know it's in other spiritual paths too. This idea of the way and the, you know, it's difficult to keep your feet on the path and all this kind of thing. <laughs> it really is, you know, and I think that it is so true because that gate to mm. spiritualism, one of the things that I was thinking about is a lot of people take the gate to spiritualism, don't they? They go to church. The first path that people follow sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. They they join a religion or they it's find easy. an occult following or, or a cult, a cult or a <laughs> cult, <laughs> you know, yeah. ULT versus OCCULT. And some people find different ways to move forward. But mm. one of the things that makes the difference is that wide gate is the mm. gate that seems to be so easy to get through. So let's join a church, follow the rule. Here is your guidelines. It's spelled out yeah. very easily. Follow the Ten Commandments. Right. But well, what, do you, what do you think the, um, the narrow path is? It's more esoteric, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's, and again, we'll, we'll probably go into this more deeply around, you know, your inner connection with Christ and your inner divine, because I think that's what guides you to it. I think the, the narrow way is obviously the ability to follow a kind of spiritual, find your spirituality and follow a spiritual set of tenets or guidelines whether they come from within or externally without deviating from it and so people often have this idea of oh i must stick to these rules you know i've got to stay there i've got and it's almost becomes like a initially a battle of wills i think but we can come on to that in a minute but i think you're right about the wide path you know people are looking for spirituality they're looking for something mm -hmm. and it, they get drawn to various forms of spirituality and as you say it could be the church it could be um an esoteric group it could be a new age group mm -hmm. or, or maybe one of the other religions you know it could be buddhist or it could you know a lot of people love buddhism uh, when i was a kid i studied well in, in university i studied zen in the beginning and that was amazing you know mm -hmm. It changed my way of thinking and actually helped me a lot more later on in my life. Why do you think that um, it says that wide is the gate that leads to destruction? I mean, if it's the easy one to get to, okay, this mm. gate obviously is the gate to spirituality. So 
if it's the easiest way to get there, it's the easiest way to follow because it's so wide and many can find it. That means it's like on the street corner, you drive by, there's a church. So if it's that easy, why is it saying that that easy road needs the destruction? What do you think? I think it's, it's a bit like, I don't know if you've come across the book Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. It's a, it's a very old book. It, it's, I think it was written, you know, I don't know, in history, you know, a few hundred years ago. But one of the, the things about it is it's about this guy who's following his path. He's trying to find his way to um, back to the divine, essentially. But they tell it like a story, like he's going through a wilderness and he's going through mountains and stuff. And one of the points in the story, he he's faced with the option of either going up the mountain and working hard on it and trying to you know strive to get to the top of the mountain or he just takes the easy path which is going around the, the side it takes longer but um and also there are more pitfalls there because there are wild animals and there are other things at the base of the mountain you know but actually at some point he realizes actually i've got to work at this and i've got to get up there and I, I think he goes around to one side and then the other and faces problems so he has to come back to the beginning again and start going up the mountain and I wonder if it's really about working on yourself you know it's very easy just to go out into the world look around at all the different things try a bit of this spirituality try a bit of that you know like many people do you know people start off searching don't they and um, the broad path is to absorb everything and say oh yeah yeah I'll have a bit of yoga and I'll have a bit of Christianity and I'll merge in a little bit of um, Buddhism or something <laughs> and, and you kind of get this hodgepodge of kind of thing and I think it's sort of like that in some ways that's the broad path and the pitfalls are psychological in a sense because you never actually get to complete the training of one particular path you know uh, I think I think Dion Fortune or one of the occult authors says if you're going to do this properly say you choose Christianity then do Christianity first get it out of the way do the whole thing and then decide what you want to do you know so you go through one particular path of training that gets you to a level where you can then appreciate other things. Otherwise, it's sort of a, you're only collecting things, you know, you're only like, um, that's my words, not hers. You know, it's like having a collection of crystals or something like that. If you don't know what they do, it looks very pretty. It looks really nice. But I think the broad path is a bit like that. It's like, it's, you're looking too broadly. You're looking outside and around and you're not looking within, you know? Yeah, I also think too, I mean, this can be looked at so many different ways. This is what I love about the symbology. It can be like, you can take this angle, you can take the angle, and I think it's written this way so that you can you can uh, process it at the level that you need to process or how does it affect you now? And then like a year or two from now, it could be processed differently because it affects you differently or you're experiencing things differently. So like yeah. when I think about the churches on every corner, Okay, that's easy. Okay, and yeah. you show up for church every Sunday, you sing a little, you listen a little, you raise your hands up, you clap a little, you say a little prayer, and then you all week long, what happens? Right. You get back, you have the affair, you meet up with your girlfriend, and you cheat on your wife, or you beat your kids, or you go ahead and smoke your dope or get back into your drinking every day or you're lying or you're cheating people through business or you're mean to people you know it's like you're judgmental it's like 
oh, I had my spiritual moment for the week. And when I look at this, I think, okay, so I can see how that leads to destruction because you're not applying these things instrumentally into your life. But it's also extremely basic. It's like, here's the rules. But people show up and, you know, they clap their hands, raise their hands, sing a little, pray a little, and they think that's good enough, right? Yeah. I had Jesus for the week, okay? Right, yeah, yeah, you'll hit, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's like, or, or they just, oh, I got saved, so I'm good. Good to go. I got my free ticket to heaven now so that means that i can do whatever and Mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter so it's it is destruction it's like you're not you know like you said you're not doing the inner work you're not Mm -hmm. working on your mind you're not working on your soul you're not trying to do this full purification process and i don't know everything okay (laughs) but what i do know is what i know (laughs) and that's it and and what i do know from what i've experienced so far is that there are i want to say programs but it's not a program there are traditions or orders that are out there and that teach a deeper meaning and they get into the process of the purification of yourself i know that you're part of one i know i'm part of one and i can tell you that the alchemical process that i've had to go through has been the hardest thing i've ever done and the most enlightening thing i've ever done and and so i can see how that would be like narrow Mm. And I can see how that is, it's harder to find and Mm. not very many people even that even decide to go that direction stay on that path because it's hard. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this. You can look at it like the buffet platter, like Mm. you said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, um, or actually the mundane um, way of doing things or the muggle way, like, you know, like we say sometimes non-magical people just, you know, doing your, your little, um, process. Okay. I, I, I kept the Sabbath holy. I kept, you know, kept to the 10 commandments or at least two thirds of it. (laughs) (laughs) And, but I asked for forgiveness. So, you know, it's all good. And I think that these people are, they're they're not getting through that narrow path of that that place yeah no i i accept it i'm i'm kind of processing it really because it's there's so many as you say there are a lot of ways to look at this and um i do think really narrow is when you you're you're narrowing down your consciousness to to a decision where you follow one particular um way of doing things which hopefully is aligned with your inner self and your your higher and divine inspirations or god or whatever you want to call that Mm-hmm. It's it's very easy to chop and change and kind of do different things and get drawn into the mundane, as you say, and just maybe attend church on a Sunday and the rest of or whatever it is you do, you know, your temple or, or your Buddhist center on, a, on one time a week and the rest of it is you're back in mundane way of thinking. I think it's an inner thing. I definitely think it's more of an inner thing. It's choosing a kind of the key to the gate is inside you. It's not externally. Whereas the broad path, it tends to be very external, doesn't it? Very kind of externally driven. Yeah, actually, uh, you're you're so right about that. That key is inside of you. It's the part that most people lose. You know, they don't realize. And it kind of goes back to that scripture that you and I were talking about, mm-hmm. about when the, um, I think it was the, um, the disciples that were asking Christ, you know, they were like, hey, uh, where's the kingdom of heaven? 
and he's like, well, it's not to the left, the right, or up or down. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> you know, and they're like, hey, point that direction. I want, you know, and and I think they were, um, they were, they were trying to see where that location was in the sky, like that star yeah. here, is it that star over there? You know, um, if you think about it from their mindset, you know, in those mm. days. Mm. You know, heaven's above you. It's way up yep. there. So, and what do we say when we look at the stars? We're looking at the heavens, you know. Mm. And so they were, they were kind of processing it from that. So they're like, "Where's that kingdom? Where's God at?" You know. Yeah. And this yeah. is where so many people get lost, is they don't realize that the potential is within you, and that's why that pathway mm. is so narrow. Yeah. And it's because most people do not do that inner work. Yeah, exactly. To purify, alchemize, elevate that level of consciousness. Yeah, that leads me to the question then, what, what, what does it take then to move from that external way of looking things? You know, well, where is heaven? Is it over there? Is it in Germany somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in Germany. And the famous Shangri-La of the Buddhists, you know, that was supposed to be a location. Where do you move from that point to the kingdom of heaven is at hand and it's here and now and it's inside you, you know? How do we shift from one state of consciousness to the other? That's, and that's my question really, generally, in life. <laughs> it's sort of, I suppose a lot of these spiritual paths are designed to lead you to that understanding. You know, eventually at some point they try to lead you to the internal the internal world and, and a much more of a revelatory experiential or gnostic gnosis process mm -hmm. because you do get you do find eventually you, you're just not gonna you can keep looking around the world for years and people do right they go they spend years and years looking for spiritual paths looking for things and eventually they find um oh it's in me hmm. <laughs> okay so how do i access that within myself that's right. the bigger question, you know, like, how do I access that within myself? Because that's the hardest thing mm. to believe is that it's within you. Mm. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story that happened to me. Mm. Um, years ago, when I got introduced to Gabriel, I was introduced to him originally by this Dallas monk. And, um, and it, it's a weird story. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I'll tell it. So, um, so basically, I was working with this Dallas monk who's very esoteric, very um, supernatural, I guess is the word. I don't know. He had a lot of abilities. And he was telepathic, telekinetic, tele-everything. You know, you name it, he had it. Um, he was really good at astral projection and astral travel he had this ability to be able to kind of pull me out and take me with him oh, wow. and that was always fun but um basically he was monitoring my every move like so he was able to do like remote viewing basically and he would check he would keep up on my thoughts you know oh, like because he was telekinetic uh, no not tell which one's the one telepathy. where they, yeah telepathy yeah and yeah he was able to do that so he was always keeping up with you know monitoring my every move like you know basically kind of think of it like you know you're at a bowling alley and you've got the bumper guards you know 
<laughs> like, I never, he never let me go into the gutter, you know, it's like, he always kind of kept me in line, like pushed me back, you know, it's like there, this is the, the area that you got to stay within. Mm -hmm. And he had to go take a trip and he said, I'm going to be leaving for two weeks. And mm -hmm. he, goes, he goes, but normally I can split my consciousness and I could still leave a part of me with you. He goes, but where I'm going, I'm not going to be able to do that. I have to have all of me to go. So he said, basically that he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. He goes, I'll mm -hmm. leave you with a friend. And I said, well, does this friend have a name? <laughs> and he said, yes, he's known by many names and many cultures and, you know, many different times all over the world. He goes, but you would know him as Gabriel. I said, mm -hmm. oh, wow. Like the Archangel Gabriel and he's like yeah that's him and I said okay at that time you know because Patrick was in a physical body so my thought was somebody's gonna come knocking on my door <laughs> you know what I mean I really thought any moment you know so I was like does he have a body and he goes sometimes and I was like hmm I was kind of waiting he goes don't worry he'll show up and I said okay so I'm waiting, thinking somebody's gonna knock on my door, make mm. a phone call, you know, something like that, right? It was gonna manifest in physical form. But the next thing I know, I started hearing this inner voice and he was basically having to prove to me that he was real. Like, you're gonna go to the bank today, you're gonna think your, your account's overdrawn, but you're actually gonna have $32 in your account. Like he would give me all these little proofs. Yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. So I finally started to learn to trust him because, you know, it wasn't yeah. a person I could make a phone call and say, hey, telepathically, I got this message, but I want to make sure yeah. I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, um, so th this started this process and he basically introduced me to a lot of new ways of thinking, okay? When he showed up, he, he basically wanted me to go through this process of who are you? And that was like one of the first things he said. He goes, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Michelle. And he said, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, who are you? Oh, I'm a mother. No, you're not. Who oh, are that's, you? That's a very Zen thing, actually. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he kept on going through this. He goes, go meditate on it. You know, so I go into this deep meditation and I'd have this astral experience and, oh, I'm Mary, mother of Jesus. <laughs> you know? And then I'd start crying and I'd say, no, that's my mind. That could never be her. She's too pure. And then next thing I know, I was on the cross and I was like, oh my God, I'm Christ. I'm fixing to be executed, <laughs> you know? And, and I was like, no, that can't be right, you know, and I'm like crying. I'm like, I'm not good enough for any of this stuff. I am just this normal, mundane girl, and there's nothing that great about me. And I kept on like pressing down all, any kind of thought that might come up that was more mm. divine. And I think what he was doing was he was trying to show me to look at my own personal divinity. It's not that I was Christ or, Mo or Mary or any of that kind of stuff. He was trying to make a point because I kept on refusing anything that sounded too great. Hmm. And I think that if you use that in, as an example, most of us people, you know, hmm. on this earth, we refuse the idea kingdom of heaven or the Christ lives within you yeah. idea and that you are God or you are um, the essence of God or God lives within you or the kingdom of heavens within you, however you want to word it, people refuse that. And what they do is they, because they feel like there's only one God. And if I say I'm God, then I'm being sacrilegious or, you know, all of that. And Absolutely. I, 
I think that I think that that's that's the hardest thing for people to realize because they don't know how to make sense of the idea of bringing that to the forefront of your mental thoughts, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, yeah, because no one really teaches you how to do that. There's no, you know, in the natural world, the mundane, mundane world, there's no instruction about how to do that, you know? Actually, I found a quite an interesting quote today that might inform this. It's a Kabbalistic quote from a rabbi. And what he, he writes is, aren't all religions equally true? No, all religions are equally false. The relationship of religion to truth is like that of a menu to a meal. The menu describes the meal as best it can. It points to something beyond itself. As long as we use the menu as a guide, we do it honor. When we mistake the menu for the meal, we do it and ourselves a grave injustice. Mm. Wow, that's a lot to chew on. It's it's a lot, isn't it? But I think it's sort of alludes to this in the sense mm -hmm. that you know, religions are there to guide us, to guide and regulate life. Mm -hmm. They're not the ultimate thing, you know, but they're the door. They might be the gate that leads you into that process of finding your inner self. However, it does require inner work because you don't automatically get that. You know, you can go to church every Sunday, but you not. It doesn't make you a a master of yourself does it so no. it, it's it is about finding your inner spirituality and it can it can, yeah can definitely lead you to that point but at the end it's your journey it's a really uh, i think that's the narrow path is it's is when you find finally realize that actually it's just my journey and i have to follow this particular relationship with the divine and allow that to guide my life then you're on the narrow path but it's so easy to be pulled off it because your mundane self pops up and says, oh yeah, I need to go and drink alcohol now, or, or I don't know, whatever it is, it's like um, there are things that are always pulling you back and forth and off that path and back on it, which is okay, it's part of it, it's part of the process. Especially once you've realized what the path is, you can go back to it, but I think the narrowness of it, coming back to that concept, is, is the inner guidance, it's knowing you know, the map is not the territory that the the, the guy comes from you. I like that one of the things in Zen I quite like, and I think Christ also alluded to actually, um, is that, you know, life is like looking, the Zen, the Zen story is that um, life is like looking at a mirror that's covered in dust and your work in the life is to wipe away the dust until you really see yourself. Oh, wow. And what that's saying is, it's a bit similar to the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You just you just can't see it, kind of thing. It's to me anyway. Um, it, it's sort of that you know you have to work on yourself in order to be able to see your true inner value and spiritual life as it is. I think we're all adepts already. We're all you know we're all like masters, but we just we're so covered up by all the other stuff in life that we can't see that. You know. Well, yeah, it's life that does it to us. I mean, we start off. We start off in life. This beautiful spirit that smiles all the time, laughs all the time, enjoys life all the time. That no matter what is fearless. You know, it's like if you think of a child, right? And they're learning how to walk, and and what do they do? They fall and they get right back up and they smile and they they're like they take a couple of steps and they're like ah, the mouth is yes. open and they're super excited and. I'll never yeah. forget when my son was learning how to swim and he was on the swim team and he was only like five years old oh, and yeah. it, was, it was his first competition and here he was swimming and he was so excited wow. and he had his mouth open, you know, because he's like, ah! 
ah! you know like his mouth was open and we're like screaming at him telling him shut your mouth taylor because <laughs> we didn't want to get water in his mouth you know but he was so happy and so excited to take that challenge on and do yeah. that and as life progresses somebody says oh you did it wrong you're supposed to do it like this oh you're not good enough because you did it like this mm. or you're not like everybody else so there's something wrong with you and yep. this progression of you know pain that gets inflicted on us we mm. start developing this fear of anything of developing friendships of having love in our life fear of fear of success fear of failure fear of love fear of being hurt fear of everything and suddenly that that inner light that was within us gets dulled i'll tell you another funny story when my daughter was really young before my my son was born she used to ask all these really good questions like she's very very um interesting child and she asked me you know she was asking me about god and and she was asking me about you know just all these questions about it i said to her I said, you know, when you're first born, you're this beautiful light and, and it's just so brilliant and so shining and so happy and God just flows all through you, you know, you're perfect. But as life starts happening, you know, it's like when you go to school and some kid makes fun of you or pushes you on the ground, it just dims that light a little. And then, then you keep on, you know, as you get older, bad things happen to you, people hurt you and that light gets dimmed even more and more. And I said, and eventually those people become angry and they become yeah. resentful and they become hurtful and they say mean things and they hurt other people because that light is um, so dim and so light that you that it just can't shine anymore. So what's funny about this story is one day her da dad came home and he was all angry because he had a bad day at work and hmm. he was like, <laughs> and, um, and she looked at him and she goes, daddy, like that. And he looks at her and he goes, what? And she goes, you lost your light. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Oh, out of the mouths of babes, as they say. Wow, that's so good. Cool. I know. I loved it. I loved it. And it was funny because he's like, what have you been teaching this child? And um, yeah, so that's my ex-husband, by the way. <laughs> right, right. Not married anymore. Um, yeah, it's a funny story, you know? And um, <laughs> and it really, it really kind of like shows you what happens to us. Yes. And because yes. we become so fearful, then mm. you start, then you start throwing in dogmatic, really, um, dogmatic religion that's fear-based and it just amplifies that, that you're a bad person. And so we just keep on living out that life. You know, it's like, just keep on asking for forgiveness and you know, you're going to be okay. You, you narrow out the possibility of, of your personal greatness. Mm. You start believing that it's impossible. Like who am I to say I'm great? You know, I think it's a sort of nature thing as well, because mm -hmm. you know, nature sets this up when you're very young to become a kind of people pleaser, you know, <laughs> because in order to get food, you have to do what mommy wants or you, in order to get other things in your life, you know, things go a lot better if you please your parents. And I think your, your ego starts to get built around that, doesn't it? You know, and, um, if mm -hmm. you don't resolve it, you can end up in a that dynamic in all sorts of situations, including the, the religion obviously has capitalized on that a lot in the past and made people guilty and then forced them to do things. You know, look at the history of the, the European 
politics in the 1500s and the, you know when the Catholic Church was much more of a political organization and you know there was this whole thing of indulgences you know you could if you pay um, you know 500 ducats or whatever the, the coins were in those days you, you can then have a prayer which means you definitely go to heaven you know <laughs> you're kidding me this I've never heard this before. Oh, man, this was a huge thing, and this is why Protestantism came along, because um, Martin Luther said, right, I've had enough of this, and he nailed his 900 theses or whatever it was onto the one of the doors in Germany of, of, the, of the, uh, the parliament building or something, and, and basically he was saying, screw this, I'm not doing Catholicism anymore, we're going to change it, and that led to Protestant theology because people were getting so tired of these indulgences and having to basically give all their money to the church in order to get into heaven so so you know this this is what this is what causes that it, it starts very young doesn't it? it starts young when you're as you say you know the kids are, are being conditioned to think a certain way and their ego builds around that you know there's a great quote in the bible on that isn't there this like um uh, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And for now, I see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as also I am known. But essentially saying what, you, what we've just discussed, you know, the more you... You know, you start off as a child and you're thinking one way, but you, you build up all of these assumptions and conditions and ways of acting and behaving in the world because that's your survival mechanism. And at some point you have to remove that. You know, a lot of spiritual traditions talk about dying to your past and waking up to a new life, you know. Uh, that's a, a thing in baptism, isn't it? You know, your old life is gone and now you're, you're born into a new life or, you know, the second death that's talked about in some spiritual traditions, which is basically removing the ego. It comes back to the cross. Why do we? Why did Jesus go on the cross? And it's very symbolic of like destroying that egotistical side of us, which is made of the four elements, and actually rising up to the spiritual aspect of ourselves. I've got another story. Shall I tell? Shall I do? Yeah, story? go for it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a, a story in one of Nietzsche's teachings, the three stages of man, I think it's called, and it, it basically says, you know, when when you're a kid, you're it's as if you're loading all these things onto your back and you have you have like an animal next to you which is like your animal nature and you're piling all this stuff onto onto the animal um which which are the conditioning and the you know the rules that we just talked about and then the next phase is when all of that stuff is in front of you and turns into a lion and you have to battle the lion in order to um you know get rid of all of those things and then finally you're a man it might not be a lion, actually, it might be a dragon with all the scales. Yeah, actually, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you have to battle this creature that represents all of these um, conditionings that you have. And then finally, once you've you've killed every single scale on the dragon, you um, you can walk freely as a, as a human being um, in your full consciousness of yourself as you are. And I think that's, that's what has to happen before you can find the narrow gate and before you can find your inner spirituality. You, you have to kind of deal with all of this conditioning you've been given. You know right. what I mean? You know, you're so right. You're absolutely right. I want to I'm gonna tell you something. Um, so I do this thing where I work with people for six months. They meet with me twice a week, and, and we are basically going over every single negative thought that they have. <laughs> you know, like literally, it's like journaling, what came out this time, you know, pulling up all this negativity that's, you know, repeating over and over in your head. And and we start working on 
changing those thoughts by really looking at them directly and saying, is this your truth? Is this your truth? I mean, really, I know that you're saying this to yourself, but is it true? Like, mm. I can't lose weight. You can't lose weight or you're just choosing not to lose weight because you don't want right. to stop eating those um, Pop-Tarts or something, you know, <laughs> every That's morning. It gives yeah. you the choice. It's giving you the choice back, isn't it? By right. saying, did yeah. you choose it rather than, oh, I can't, you know? Right, exactly. So, so like we go through these, this process of really examining the thoughts and believe it or not, most people, when I'm doing this and I'm helping them process this, they never even thought this way in their entire life ever. Like I never thought of that. I never saw it that way. You know, most people do that mm -hmm. and they're like, wow, you're really good at this. How did you, how do you do this? And I'm like, because I'm, I'm thinking outside the box. You're inside of a box. I'm outside of the box. I'm seeing things that you can't see. Right. So as we go through this process and then we start with the reprogramming and we use hypnosis to mm. knock it all out. Okay. And um, and then typically at that point, I started adding in tools. Like when things come up, here's how you handle this. When things mm. come up, here's how you handle it. So suddenly you like discover it and then you reprogram it. And then you've got tools to handle things. At this point, typically almost 99% of these people suddenly have this spiritual awake. Mm. It's the weirdest thing. Wow. Yeah. They, they start suddenly wanting, you know, I was wondering, I don't know if this is part of the program, but I was wanting to learn a little bit more about spiritualism. And I saw on your website, you're a spiritual teacher. And wow. you know, I was wondering if you could teach me to meditate or can you teach mm. me to manifest or, you know, like that's the only two that they know of most of the time, manifesting and meditation, right? So yeah. so I'm, I'm like, yeah, you're ready. And, and and the process of teaching them some of these um, spiritual techniques elevate themselves and give them back their power. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, it's like they become empowered. Now, the reason yes. I'm bringing this up is because that's basically what you just said. It's literally like transmuting the mind. You you have to do the inner work, the mental work. And this is why yeah. last time we were talking, we're like, isn't this whole path really psychological? Because <laughs> You know, isn't that, isn't that what Jesus was saying? You know, it's like, hey, you need to go get some mind work done. You know, like, well, yeah, it's the inner work, and the inner work is changing the way you think because yeah. you've programmed your whole life to think a certain way, and there's there's no way around that unless you you mm -hmm. have a spiritual teacher. Bottom yeah. line. It's, you know, you were saying, how do we do it? How do we do it? Well, I know you know how to do it, but you were like, just kind of posing the question as part of this yeah. process. You wouldn't have been able to do it without a spiritual teacher. I wouldn't have been able to do it without a spiritual teacher. This is part of the process. These are people that know the process, take you through that alchemical process of moving through. And how do you find these people? Very difficult, right? It's almost impossible. Like, you know, it's like, how do you find a group or an order or a tradition that has these spiritual teachers that are going to take you through this alchemical process of transmuting the mind? Yeah. So that, that all that junk that we've been programmed into our whole life, we mm. suddenly become free of and yeah. we're able to move through that path without the interruptions. Well, that path is very narrow, right? And it says in the scripture that it's hard to find. Well, yeah, it's hard to find. How do you find it? There's another scripture that tells you how to find it. Okay. <laughs> That's um, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be answered. And when I was looking for this path, I knew it existed because Patrick did it, okay? Mm. And he passed away 
And so there was only a certain point in which I could go with him, right? And mm -hmm. I knew that he belonged to all these different esoteric organizations until I started mm -hmm. I started looking. And I was looking and looking and looking and, you know, like Masonic Orders, Freemasons, you know, um, you know, that kind of stuff. They, mm -hmm. they there's a lot of like um Knights of Templar. Uh, white hats these are all like men organizations and so I was like being a female I need to try to find that and so I started googling you know esoteric orders with you know the women in or spiritual organizations for women and you know I, I just kept on looking and changing the way I worded it um, every time I would search I went on the search for several years and I just kept at it because I knew it existed and that's, I think that's it. So yeah, because you're showing intent, aren't you? At that point, you're you're showing you have an intention that you want to do this, and I think that's what the knock and the door shall open passage is about. You have to it has to come from you some at some point. You know, people aren't going to spoon, spoon feed you spirituality. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, but once you're ready, there's this other phrase. It's not in the Bible, but it's you know when the the pupil is ready, the teacher shall appear. You know, and I think that does happen once. Mm -hmm almost like the, the the universe somehow knows that you're looking for some help you're looking for some way to get out of it it'll present someone like you found patrick and uh, you know i don't think he's gone i think he's still with you but i don't know whether you believe in in that sort, sort of thing but oh i do i believe it he's still guiding yeah. you yeah it's it's you have to it has to start coming from the person doesn't it mm -hmm. you know and it, that's the prompting of your inner adept or your inner uh, master that, that we all have you know there's one, one of my teachers um, once said, you know, there is an adept within you. And that really transformed my way of thinking. It was sort of like, you know, why are you sitting at the bottom of the mountain, sipping hot chocolate and enjoying your life when actually you can start realizing this adept and it'll give you the power to climb the mountain and reach that spiritual height. And it was like, oh yeah, that's actually, that's it, isn't it? It's about allowing that inner part of you to, to manifest and develop. And you, to do that, you have to, as we've just said, just said, you have to remove all of these blocks, all of these things that you've you've been conditioned with since childhood, mm -hmm. so you can see the kingdom of heaven clearly. You can't see it. Nobody can see it until they've actually cleared their vision a bit. So. Um, oh, that is so well sorry. said. Yeah, that's so well said. That's that's the problem, is that most people are seeking it through TikTok. Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, books, and and this is a great start, you know, because I put stuff on TikTok and YouTube and you know um, everything, you know, like I I have stuff everywhere for this very reason is that I want to show people that yeah. there is a path forward. That's not the way you're going to get there. It's just listening to me on all these things is not going to get you to that space. It might help you like develop the courage to take the path but it doesn't necessarily um get you through that narrow gate yeah. yeah and here's the thing and you know and i know you've probably seen this too it's like i've seen people that have joined um our order and i have seen them quit like right in the very first stage mm. i've seen people go up work their way through the tree of life and they get through a couple of levels and they quit and that's because it gets harder as you go along yeah and it doesn't um, stop the work doesn't actually stop <laughs> oh 
God, I just had a big lesson recently and it was like a huge one for me. And I mean, and I was like crying my eyes out, <laughs> you know, like reaching out to like everybody. It's like, okay, I'm going to call this proctor. I'm going to call this one. I know you're not my proctor, but hey, you're my friend. I'm going to call you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I literally was um, having a straight up meltdown and I needed right. to go through that process to overcome it because what I mm. ended up discovering was that all my life I've been criticized and I've been told mm. you're too much, you're a lot, you're a lot to handle, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I have a big personality. I'm a Leo. My moon is Aries. Oh, that's right. And yeah. My rising is Scorpio. Okay. It's a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are very attracted to that. I mean, mm. super attracted to that. So they're drawn to me, but then, mm. then they see it and they get in the middle of it and it starts agitating them. Mm. And they start criticizing me for various wow. reasons, for whatever I do, that action pissed me off. That action pissed me off. That action pissed me off. And and every single thing that I do is always with the intention of serving and helping. I got triggered. It really, it just tumbled me down. Like it triggered me hardcore over something so minor. Like it is so minor, like it's not even worth having a conversation over, but I got triggered over it. And it started me in this whole like, something's wrong with me. I need to change my personality. Everybody thinks I'm too much. You know, I need to, I need to work on this. Maybe this is my alchemy. I need to work on my personality. And um, I ended up having a meeting with Papa Doc. I don't know if you know him. Mm. Yeah, I had a meeting with him. He gave me a come to Jesus meeting. And <laughs> no, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's a preacher. Very wise man. Yeah. 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 He's all like, I'm going to start you. I'm going to set you straight, Sora. I'm gonna, you listen to me, you know? <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I had a meeting with Pluto and her being my proctor. So then she really got upset. I mean, she got on this like, I'm going to tell you right now. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I know when she gets into that. Yeah. yeah you know when she gets like really worked up over it, you know, like everything that you are is so that you can reach this divine purpose. And if people can't see that, light you know i mean it was just like you have to be alive you have to be this and you need to like celebrate in that and then all of a sudden this like aha moment came to me and mm. i realized you know that these were these were people reflecting on that energy they were reflecting mm -hmm. on my life it forces them to look at themselves and their own insecurities yes. oh my insecurities i'm not smart enough oh my insecurities i'm not pretty enough oh my insecurities are mm -hmm. i don't have a voice or i'm this or this or this or this and here you are doing this and it seems so easy for you and you're pissing me off because you're just all you're doing is showing me how i'm not good enough and so so this 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 has happened my whole life and wow. I, I came to this realization that people criticize me because they come in contact with that light and it forces them to look at their inner self. Yep. Something that's lacking or needs to work on or whatever, right? I think that's a phenomenon that happens with humanity. We project onto others, don't we? We project our own security, insecurities and all kinds of stuff onto other people. Classically with leaders, you know, people who have authority problems will start getting angry with the boss and manipulating them and so on, even if they've not done anything, you know, it's sort of like a, mm -hmm. so that's, yeah, I think that's how this works. And so yeah. it's not you, of course it's not you, it's them. It's like how they are i mean maybe you have things to work on we all do but it's not i think what what this is about is exactly that it's as you say reflecting your light and that it's it's making them when someone's 
a light bearer who really shines it, I think it does highlight other people's problems and difficulties, doesn't it? It definitely highlights their problems. And, and so the point behind me telling you this is because this is still part of my own alchemy. And the alchemy is not for me to change, it's to recognize. Mm. And, and that's for me to let go of this insecurity of being too much. And it's all those issues that you're facing, it's really all of their conditioning they've had mm -hmm. since childhood, isn't it? That's what's coming up there. I just think that's what's driving them to act a particular way is all of that conditioning that we were talking about earlier. You get brainwashed with as a child. When we're talking about this narrow path, moving forward and going through it, it is a never ending climbing up that mountain that seems to be endless. <laughs> it's like, when is that? When do we get to the top? I don't know. And is there a top? You know, I was even talking to Pluto, right? Who's visually looks like she's at the top, right? Because mm. she's an adept. And and so she's like, I still have alchemy. I still have fears. I still have things I'm working on. You know, so it's like, does it ever end? Yeah, so basically you'll never stop climbing the mountain is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. The gate is narrow, and that's why few people find it, and that's why mm. few people stick to it. I mean, some people just turn back yeah. around and go through the wide gate. Mm, too much for people sometimes. They might mm -hmm. not be ready for it in their soul, or they might need to do more work to get to the point where they can do that. Do you think that that's why there's reincarnation? Or I don't even know. Do you believe in reincarnation? I never I, I pers personally do. Yeah, no. yeah, no, I personally do, because I think this life's not enough to learn all the things we need to learn. I actually do believe in it as well, and mm. I think that... I kind of think the same way i just think here i am i'm 57 years old and i'm sitting here thinking will i live long enough to complete this path i mean will i ever get in the top of the severa <laughs> or am i only gonna get like one third up you know it's like how far can i get before my, i die and is that gonna be enough and I'm thinking, oh, I'm probably going to have to have multiple lifetimes to be able to finish mm. this out. I think we probably already had multiple lifetimes, even just to get to this point. So That's true. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more in store. <laughs> I mean, it's one of life's great mysteries, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Experience that pulls out your abilities. And, you know, it's a bit like when you're writing a script, you know, it's like, because I write scripts as well, but it's like you have to make the character go through difficult situations in order to reveal the character. You could say it's a state of mind in the Bible. It says, my father house has many mansions you know and i think that kind of alludes to this that there are many states of mind a mansion is a state of mind and so if you shift yourself up to a particular state of mind then you have certain experiences if you're in another state of mind like you're down lower on malkut you'll have very mundane experiences so i think it's learning to shift your consciousness through the different levels mm. and states of being and of course the kingdom of heaven is one of the states of being can reach you can stay in it long is the other challenge but you know you can reach it <laughs> yeah absolutely i think that and this has probably opened up a lot of um, questions for a lot of people. You know, some people are probably wondering, well, how do you find this? How do you find that path? How do you find that narrow path? How do you find that esoteric order that helps you move, teaches you how to move through the alchemy and gives you the step-by-step -step process? In the description, I'm going to I'm gonna put my contact information and I'm going to put Mercurio's contact information as well. He is in... moment, I'm in Australia, actually. Oh, okay. I'm in the U.S., obviously, and if there is any questions that you would like to know or you want some suggestions or a path moving forward, we can give you your contact information. This has been a really interesting conversation, and some of you guys, y'all, want to take that wide?
that's cool. Whatever you want to do, your soul is the one that guides you and it's completely up to you which direction that you decide to take. But those of you that want to take a, a different path and you want to learn more and you want to go through that purification, that alchemy, those doors can be open for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you later. Thank you very much. See you later.